touched my heart. I want to give you this tonight, Luke, in the 15th chapter division, if everybody's minded the Holy Ghost. And uh, sometimes God's just got to tender your heart. And we don't need to forget that it's our responsibility to keep ourselves humble. Because God ever does it. It's going to be a rough way to go. Luke chapter number 15. Let's stand in reverence to the reading of the King James Bible. I'd love to read the whole chapter, but I want to focus in. Verse number 25. The Bible said, Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he got close, but he didn't get all the way in. He heard the music and the dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked, What meanest the what what these things mean meant? If you've got to ask what worship and praise and rejoicing means, there's something wrong. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. That should never make us angry when somebody gets right with God. When somebody repents and reconciles and, and gets back home and the prodigal comes in. No, the attention ain't going to be on you. It's going to be on him for a while. But that's fine. And he was angry. He would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured the, thy, thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. What a mouthful. I wish that was the verse I was preaching from tonight. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Fathers, we bow in your presence. I love you. I thank the old righteous God for tendering my heart tonight. Thank you for the sweet, sweet, sweet presence of God in this place tonight. I thank the old righteous God that there's somebody somewhere tonight. I don't even have to ask you. I know it. Somebody's prayed for me somewhere tonight, Lord. God, you've heard their prayer. Lord, you heard our prayer in this place in the prayer room and even back in here again tonight. And I thank the old righteous God. I submit myself to you. I want to be your message boy tonight. I want to give these people what you've given me in Jesus' name. Help us to respond to preaching. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated tonight. He said... Thou hast killed the fatty calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. Verse 29, that elder brother gets upset and says, Thou never gavest me a kid. You know the story of Luke 15, the lost sheep, the lost silver, the lost son. The prodigal has taken his inheritance and went to the world and wasted it. Got out there in the pig pen and he came to himself and realized... It just ain't worth it. 
This is not what God has meant for me to be. I'm going home. And the father had every right to have that young man killed by the biblical laws. He was a Jew boy. And he knew that that father had two choices. He could either fall on his neck and kiss him or kill him. And that boy made his mind up. Whether God, my father, kisses me or kills me, I'm going home. That's real repentance, buddy. Whatever I got to face when I get there, I'm going to do it. But I guarantee you this prodigal had no idea that he'd have to deal with an older, bitter, jealous, envious brother. He really didn't have no love in his heart. And he hears the singing and the dancing, smells the ribeyes on the barbecue cookout. He wants to know what this business means. And when his father comes out to meet him, see the father had to come out this my boy didn't go in. Boy, there's another message right there. Why some people really don't never get in on real worship. And when he goes out there, that boy said, Thou never gavest me a kid. Didn't even say a calf. Father said, all that I have is thine. And he had his eyes on the calf. I want to preach on this simple subject tonight. Don't trade the farm for a calf. There's a lot of people that rather have the calf, forget about they got the farm, and get the calf. Younger son traded his Farm in for cash. The father never thought about trading or selling the farm. Now the elder brothers want to trade the farm for a calf. And when I think about us, I remember that verse in the Psalms where the Bible said that God owns the cattle on a thousand hill. And a lot of times if we're not careful, we'll get our eyes on one cow. Forget about that we've inherited the whole farm. <laughs> oh my. Don't trade the farm for a calf. Four simple truths that I'd like to magnify tonight and we'll go home. If he would have traded the farm for a calf, we must study the life that he would have lived. What kind of life would this old boy have? Well, well, let's study his younger brother's life and we'll find out exactly what kind of life he would have had if he would have been able to do what he had in his heart. And he wanted the cow instead of the farm. He had a wicked life, a godless life. A life without the presence of God. A life without the power of God. A life in the pig pen. A life of filthiness. A life of wickedness. A life of ungodliness. A life without Amen, a wicked, godless life. I don't want to live a godless life. 
I'm glad God saved me. A life of wickedness, a life of fornication, a life of adultery, a life of, of pornography, a life of liquor, a life of uh, beer, a life of marijuana, a life of sin and sensuality, a life of perversion. It would have been a wicked life. I, I refuse to be a wicked man. I don't want to be a wicked man. I, and, and, the, and the terrifying fact that all of us that are saved need to be reminded of that we're still flesh. And brother, we better be careful. Getting our eyes on the calf instead of the farm. It would have been a wicked, godless life, righteous living. It would have been a wasted life. His younger brother wasted his substance with righteous living. You don't want to waste your life, do you? You want to give your life to God? You want to have a life of prayer and a life of Bible reading and a life that's revolved around the presence of Christ and, and His kingdom and a life in the church? You don't want to waste your days. You don't want to waste your time. I turned 48 years old a few weeks back and it just seemed like yesterday that I was 20 years old, walked into that church and God saved me by His grace and I blinked my eyes and here I am 27 years later. I don't want to waste my life. I'll never forget my papa. If I would have preached his funeral before he got right with God, I'd have preached him into hell. I never seen God in him till my mama or till he had a heart attack. And then my mama died. Papa didn't stand up and make no public acknowledgments. He didn't go to the church and say, I got right with God. He just did it. And Papa would find him some gospel tracks, and every once in a while he'd see a handful of tracks, maybe in one of our trucks, and he'd grab them, and he'd go down to 7th Avenue, and he'd pass them out. One day he said, I've been down on 7th Avenue, John. I said, what you been doing? I said, you ain't been chasing no wild women, have you? And he said, no, I've been passing out them papers that you boys had gotten. You've been passing out ever worse. And and I'll never forget, Matthew told this. I wasn't there when he did it. Matthew was changing the oil in that old F-350 dump truck we used to have. And, and uh, he's changing all. And Papa leaned up on the hood of that truck and, uh, over on the grill. And he started crying, tears running down his face. And he looked at Matthew and he used to call us mister. And he said, mister, don't waste your life like I'm wasting mine. Chase the dream, chase the gold, chase the money, chase the fame. Chase up! You get to the end of your life, you'll say, I've wasted up! I don't want to be 80 years old and look back over my life and say, you know what, I've wasted a lot of time and wasted a lot of opportunities and a lot of chances. And I didn't do it like I should have and I didn't walk with God. I didn't preach it like I should have. And I don't want to be able to say that I didn't love my wife or raise my children like I should have. I don't want to waste what God's given me. This younger son, if that boy could have traded that farm for a calf, he'd have wasted every bit of it. I love a good steak, don't you? Man, you give me about a 20-ounce bone-in ribeye, and I'm content. Hey, man, but you just be honest with me tonight. It tastes a whole lot better than a peanut butter jelly sandwich, but the end result's the same. I can get just as full on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as I can a steak. Say amen right there. I'd rather have a steak. I'd rather eat a steak. But neighbor, it had been gone. 
And then you know what it had to have done? It had to get him another one. One wouldn't have been good enough. It had to have him another one. And see, that's the thing with this wasted life business. One drink ain't good enough. You've got to have another one. One uh, fling, uh, as old brother Ed McAbee used to call it, one fling at Fool's Mountain. And that won't be enough. You'll keep going back and going back and going back and waste your life. If he would have traded the farm for a calf, his life would have been wasted. He'd have wasted his substance. He'd have wasted his health. He'd have wasted his testimony. Everything that the elder brother and the prodigal, especially the younger son, everything that boy was given to him. Hey, man, he took it to the world and wasted it. That younger son probably didn't work too much for what he had. It was a gift. I want to ask a question tonight to the church. Are you going to waste the gift that God has given you? you got Jesus on the inside. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Bless his holy name for the gift of salvation. But boy, it would be a shame to just get saved and that be it and you not share it with somebody else or tell it to somebody else. And when we get to the judgment seat of Christ, have Jesus look at us and say, hey, I gave you the gift of eternal life and you didn't do nothing with it. It was an awful, awful, gracious gift that this father would do this for his son. You talk about grace. Are we going to waste the grace that God gives us? I know myself. I won't speak for you or anybody else. I could. But tonight I'd speak for myself and I'd tell you that I do not deserve to be saved by the grace of God. He knew what I was when he saved me. He knew what I was going to be after he saved me. But yet he'd done it anyways. And how dare we take the grace that God has given us that saved us from sin, saved us from hell, saved us from the judgment of God and waste it. Waste the gift of God. Waste the grace of God. Then he was at home. He was guarded. You trade the farm in for a calf. You lose that protection. You lose that guarding hedge that's put around you. God puts us in our place. It's God's will for you to be a member of this church. You leave out of God's will. You just left the guarded place that God has put you. Leave your family. Leave your home. Leave your parents. Whatever the case may be. You'll leave the guarded place that God has put you. Somebody say amen right there. It was a wicked and a wasted life. It would have been a wandering life. Uh, Amen. He'd have been wandering around from here to there. Up with no direction. No correction. And no perfection, no growth, had been no maturity. If he could have traded the farm for a cow, that neighbor had been wandered aimless, up with no goals, no motives, no aims in life. May I quote my old Sunday school teacher, Brother Doug Rains. We used to sit at his feet at Pleasant View. And if I've heard him say it once, I've heard him say it a thousand times. He'd say, I'd rather aim high and miss it every time as I would shoot low and hit it every time. Amen. You trade the farm in for the calf, you won't have no goals in life. Nothing will matter to you. You won't care about nothing. Amen. Amen. It had been a wandering life. It had been a wanting life. That young prodigal, you said he began 
began to be walked an empty life, a void of the presence of God. It had been a wishful life with no substance. Amen. I, hey, if you trade the farm in for a calf tonight, look up in here real good. You'll spend the rest of your days wishing you was right with God, wishing you was with the Father, wishing you were still serving God, wishing you still walking with God, wishing you could get a prayer answered, wishing you kept your testimony, wishing you'd have kept yourself clean. Called a preacher's name tonight. I won't call it again on the recording. And I didn't call it. I just referenced to my wife so she'd know what part of the country I was talking about. And he threw his ministry away. One of the most powerful preachers I'd ever heard in my life. One of the one of the most outstanding Bible students I've ever heard to this day. Every time he preached, he had something from God. He traded the farm for a calf. And he's out of the ministry tonight. And he don't care. It's a wishful life. And I know the old preacher of old days that used to preach Camp Zion meetings and preached the Faith Baptist Camp meetings when they first started out and was booked up, I know for a fact, at one time in his life for three solid years in advance. Left his wife for a woman out in Texas, I believe it was. Somebody asked him how it was. And he looked at him, Brother Nick, and this is what he said. He said, I'd let you cut both of my arms off with a double bit axe if I could preach with the anointing of God in my life again. He traded the farm for a calf. Life that he would have had if he had done that. Then we've got to notice the look that he had at this present tense time in his life. His perspective of things, how he saw things. And I submit to you tonight, this young man was very, very narrow-sided. If I could put it this way, he had total vision. And he could not see the big picture. How many times have we got tunnel vision and couldn't see the big picture? couldn't see who it was going to affect if we traded the farm in for a calf. Oh, how it would have affected the father. He was dependent on that elder son to grow up and take the farm completely over one day. How it would have affected those servants and his mama and his other siblings. How it would have affected those that were under him, those that were above him, those that were around him. Amen. He could not see out. All he had his eyes on <laughs> was a calf. He had his eyes on his brother instead of his father. Now I want you to look up in here. If you don't hear nothing else I say tonight, hear me and hear me well. You get your eyes on people. I don't care how saved they are. I don't care how spirit-filled they are. Someone's along the line at the best of They're going to let us down. You cannot spend your days with your eyes on each other. I love my wife. 
I love to be able to look toward her to help me pray and to be the man that I ought to be, the, the father and the husband. But I don't get my peace from my wife. I don't get my peace from my pastor. I love him. I don't get my peace from anybody in this building. It comes from God and God alone. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Why, if you're not careful, not only was he looking at the brother, he was looking at himself. He said, I, verse 29, he said, I at any time, he said, I, do I serve thee? And he said, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. He got his eyes on self. You know what this boy is? He's a big old jealous fat baby is what he is. Hey, man, he knew what about me. I, look at what all I've done and look at where all I've been and what all I've I've said it. Oh, Lord, Dad, it'd be like us telling God, God, you know how much I pray. You know how much I read my Bible. You know how many doors I've knocked on. You know how faithful I am to church. Well, you know how I pastored your people. I preached your revival meetings. Uh, Brother J.D., you can say, well, I've led to singing. Brother James, I've been faithful when I really didn't want to be, didn't have to be. I took time out to be in church. What about me? What about me? Hey, man, then you precious ladies, they say, what about me? I'm raising the baby. Amen. What about you preacher's wives? Stacy and McKenzie. Amen. You say, well, nobody ever uh, does anything for me. Hey, you better get your eyes off self. You'll get depressed. You'll get discouraged. You'll get defeated. You'll lose every ounce of victory that you could have had. You're looking at the brethren. You're looking at yourself. Then he's looking at his own service. He said, lo, I serve thee. And he said, these many years. He, he was looking at the longevity. Of his servicehood. You know, I've been with you a long time. I think I need a raise. I, I've been here long enough. You need to up the ante on this business I'm in. And, and the longevity of his service. He, he was not only looking at the longevity, but he was looking for a reward. Now get this, he's looking for a reward that he already had. How many of you have ever lost your glasses? While it's on your face. How many of you have ever called your wife or your husband on your cell phone and said, pray for me, I can't find my phone? How many of you have ever lost the keys to your car and when you found them, they were in the ignition? This boy's looking at a reward that he's already got. All that I have is thine. If that ever dawned on us that everything God's got, that God has put it in our hearts and put it in our hands. All I feel like preaching a little bit tonight, he wasn't only looking for a reward that he already had, he was looking for recognition. <laughs> Come on up in here. What about me? Nobody ever brag on me around here. Right, they don't ever give me a pastor appreciation day. They don't ever do nothing for my anniversary. And by the way, happy anniversary, Pastor, Sister Stamper. Amen. It is y'all's anniversary, ain't it? I don't keep up with Facebook, but somebody told me that does keep up with Facebook. It was your anniversary. We've got to look for recognition. Man, I've been up here. How far you drive from to get to church, Brother Andrew? 45, 50 minutes? Amen. Anybody ever pat you on the back and thank you for that? Or are they supposed to? 
it's our reasonable service, ain't it? Well, I commend you anyways because I really think that's a great thing. My wife and I have done it for eight years, 45 minutes one way, 50 with traffic. You're looking for recognition. I think, I think I need more recognition, Brother James. You ever get to thinking you need more recognition, more pats on the back? Get on your knees and ask God to forgive you for being full of pride and selfish and self-centered. Amen. That's what that bull was wanting. I was preaching in a church one several years ago, and I preached there a lot. And I, I went one Sunday to preach. I think I was preaching maybe a revival or a jubilee meeting. And I went there, and I, I asked the pastor, I said, where's the salt winner, brother? He hadn't been here. He said, well, Brother John, he came to me and said he felt like he needed a seat on the platform and said that he needed more recognition, that he did a lot. And he said, I just didn't give it to him. And so I said, no, you didn't give Diotrephes the recognition that he wanted. He said, no, I didn't. So he left and went to a bigger church. And guess what? They put him on the platform. They gave him the recognition just to get him there. Neighbor, I'm telling you right now, I'd rather hear one of these fat babies around here burp is I would hear that crowd say, what about me? Recognize me. Neighbor, I'm telling you, you better get this in your heart tonight. They, some people, they get their reward down here. They get it while they're walking on earth. They get the patch on the back. They get the amen. They get it. But neighbor, if you're real, your reward's coming at the judgment seat of Christ. Every time a devil jumps up on my shoulder and says, well, that preacher's got it better than you do. Holy Spirit, every time without fail, he speaks to me. And he says, you just be faithful. Don't forget you're heading for the judgment seat. You're head, what, what, does it, what does it mean? Oh, it gratifies the flesh when they brag on us, don't it? I tell you what, can I tell you how I pray about camp meeting? Y'all been there. God's blessed the meeting. And it ain't John. It ain't a John thing. It's a God thing. And I bless his holy name for it. Man, I say it on my knees. Bless the Lord for meeting with us at camp meeting. One of my main prayers for that meeting is, God, don't let them preachers get up and brag on me. Don't let I went somewhere one time and a young preacher, I need, I need to call him. He reached out to me here a while back. I've been forgetting to call him out. I've been out of touch with him for years. He, his pastor let him have a youth meeting and he invited me to come preach. And I got there and for 10 minutes he stood up and talked about how great I was. He said, oh, Brother John, he's the best preacher I ever heard. Nobody studied, prayed. He's a prayer. He went on down the line. Oh, Brother John, you're so great. You wasn't with me that night, Sister Morgan. And uh, I, got to, I got up to preach, and I, I didn't like it. it. It didn't go against my flesh. It went against my spirit. The inner man did not like all those compliments. You know what I said, Brother J.D.? I said, I want you all to pray for me. I want y'all to pray that everything that that man just said about me. I want you to pray I'll never believe a word of that. All that junk does is puff our heads up. He wanted recognition. He had tunnel vision. He couldn't see the big picture. We get hung up on a calf and the brethren and ourselves and we can't see the needs of others. Then nextly tonight, he not only see the life he would have lived and the look that he had, but nextly we see what he had been listening to. He'd been listening. He, his father come out there and said, your younger son's been with harlots and wasted the son. How did he know that? How did he know what?
been doing? He had been listening to the report of the world. He'd been keeping up with the world. Brother, you can't listen to what this world's got to say. You, it's anti-God. You can, amen. You can't listen to what the devil says. He's anti-God. Amen. I'm telling you what, the devil paints a real pretty picture. He'll, he'll tell you, oh, just go ahead and run off. I'll go ahead and quit. Go ahead and throw in the towel. You can live it up. Oh, man, you can hear some of us preachers sometimes. Let's talk about what we sacrifice. That'll be in the ministry. You'll hear them, Brother Nick, they make statements like this. I left a six-figure income to get in the ministry. And brother, they're bitter about it. And neighbor, we cannot let the devil dictate what we listen to. I said it today. I said it to the Lord today in my heart. I said, Jesus, you know where I'm at. You know what I need. Lord, I want to be like my wife. When we pulled up to that log cabin built in 1924, cracks in it big enough you could throw a cat through. And that's where we was going to start our life off together as the John and Stacy Morgan family. And I looked at her and I was kind of a little bit of a shame because there wasn't much to it. And I told her, I said, it's the best I got, Stacy. She looked at me and she said, as long as I got you, that's all that matters. You still feel that way? You better praise God. And I told the Lord, I said, I don't want to be like my wife was toward me today, Lord. As long as I got you, that's all that matters. Now you better be ready when you go to telling God stuff like that. He will put you to the test. If you don't pass it, he'll do it time and time again. Neighbor, he, he's, he's been listening to the world, listening to the devil. You can't listen to your flesh. Your flesh wants to sin. Your flesh didn't want to come to church tonight. Your flesh said, I hope he preaches quick tonight. Your flesh, when, when your pastor gets wound up and he preaches for an hour and a half at a time, said, I wish he'd just hurry up. I'm getting hungry. That's the flesh. The flesh is going to do that right there. <laughs> Don't get offended. I'm not picking on you, baby boy. Babies cry, okay, in church. And they'll test your patience and embarrass you every chance they get, amen. So just keep them in the house of God. The flesh wants attention. The flesh, geez, listen, you can't listen to the world. You can't listen to the devil. But then, nextly tonight, he, he would have he lived a life of loss, just look at what the guy was missing out on. I mean, even being at home, what he was missing out on. He was missing out on the wealth of the father. All he had to do was go, hey, daddy, I've been eyeballing this, this, this red heifer over here. Or I've been all eyeballing that black Angus we got on the back 40. And daddy, I think that thing's going to have some good porterhouses, good ribeyes, make some good hamburger. Can we just kill it and cook it and see how it tastes? And you know what I believe that father would have done? Go ahead, help yourself, son. Let me know when you get it cooked. I'll come and enjoy a steak with you, a meal with you. He was missing out on the wealth of the father. If he'd ever gone on us, how rich we really are in the economy of God. 
Bless his holy name. We've inherited his great riches, brother. Amen to God. I, you talk about, all I wish I, and I'd love to have a million dollars to bestow. I'd love to have a pile of money in the bank. Oh, but to, uh, but to tap into the riches of God, uh, the riches of the Holy Ghost and the riches of the Bible. Oh, to back your well drilling apparatus uh, up to the word of God. Amen. And listen, uh, uh, to the report of the Father instead of the report of the world uh, and get away from God. Oh, how glorious it is. He'd have missed out on the wealth of the Father. He'd have missed out. He was missing out on the warmth of fellowship. Well, I tell you what, buddy, and I'm, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to be transparent tonight. I walked in this building tonight dragging. How many of you was dragging tonight when you come in? I'm ready for bed. Mama done fixed me a good pot roast. And I done edit, and I'm tired, and I got a full belly, and I believe I can lay down and go to sleep. And I walked in here dragging the night, half-hearted, cold. Buddy, but I'm telling you what, God, the Holy Ghost with the fellowship of the Spirit and the fellowship of the brethren and the fellowship of the saints seeing you precious faithful people come to the house of God on a Wednesday night. Amen. I know it ain't blowed out the roof. I know we ain't running the aisles. But under God, He's warmed my cold heart tonight. He has blessed me. His Spirit has touched my spirit and the warmth of that fire that God has put between His people and that God has put between us and him has melted the ice off my heart tonight and I feel like going another mile I feel like climbing another hill I got a little bit of wind up under my sails tonight that I carry on I hadn't been looking forward to tomorrow since about lunch today and I believe I can tackle it all day long now The fellowship, we need out, we got to have out. He'd have missed out on worship that comes from forgiveness. Now what would it have been like if this old bull would have went to the father instead of the father having to come out to him? Hear me and hear me well. What if he'd have went to him and said, now daddy, I won't be honest with you. And I'm going to pour my heart out. You got to do this with God. I don't like doing it, but you got to. Lord, I, I, got, I got some junk in my heart toward that boy. And I'm sorry. Will you forgive me for being jealous of him? Will you forgive me for being a Pharisee toward him? Will you forgive me for having an attitude of superiority toward him? Will you forgive me for running my mouth about him? And see, the younger son was getting forgiveness, but the elder son, he didn't know much about that because he didn't repent. I wonder what kind of worship. To, he missed out on that worship that comes from forgiveness. Now, now look up in here. Hear me well tonight. Hear me well. I, I, I'm ashamed to have to admit this, but I'm just going to do it, and I hope it helps you tonight. I'm not talking about going out here and getting them grotesque sin. Maybe slack on your prayer life or slipped up and said something or thought something you shouldn't have. I ain't talking about running out here. And even if you have, there's forgiveness. But I ain't talking about running out here and shacking up and adulterating and fornicating and all that. No, but even if you have, there's forgiveness if you'll repent. 
mistakes been several times. Forgive me. I don't know of a day this went by since I've been saved that I didn't need to some way, fashion, shape, or form ask God to forgive me for something. And if you look at me and say that ain't your case, then you ain't right with God. You are a lying devil. But oh, happy day. Happy day, glory to God. I believe I can run from here to Goobertown, Arkansas and back tonight, J.D. Happy day when I get on my knees and I say, Lord, you know what? I've been jealous and I've been envious and I've been bitter. And Lord, I've had a bad attitude. And there I am trying to justify my sins by pointing their sins out. And God, I ain't worried about theirs anymore. I ain't worried about how I pray for them. You'd help them. But oh, Lord, it ain't my mama. It ain't my daddy. It ain't my brother. It ain't my sister. It's me that stands in need. Hold him in that peace. That comes from the washing of the blood of the Lamb of God. And God lets us get back in fellowship with him again. Uh, brother, I'm telling you the joy bells. I get to ring it again in your soul. All the worship of it comes from experiencing forgiveness. I don't think some of y'all picking up what I'm putting down tonight, but I'm going to put it down anyways. But then he missed out on the welcome of the faithful. Ain't much said about them servants. They've just been faithfully plugging along right there. And the Father's been supplying them with bread every day of their lives. Have you ever, have you ever, really, and I'm going to say it, don't, don't answer this out loud. Because I don't want to embarrass you. And I, I, I guess I would if I had to because I feel impressed to God to say what I'm going to say. Have you ever come to your church and not felt welcome. Truth be known, answer that question is yes. Can I tell you whose fault it is? There's two mirrors, I think. Is there a mirror in the women's bathroom? I ain't never been in there. I know there's one in the men's bathroom. And there's, a, there's enough, there's enough in, in these windows to glare. Go look in the mirror. It's your fault. It's your fault. You hear me tonight? Don't trade the farm for a calf. Miss out on the welcome of the faithful. Four things and I'm done tonight. Four simple things. You got the message, don't trade the farm for a calf. Four simple things and then we're going to have an invitation. Number one, don't trade the farm for a calf with your marriage. Don't do it. Don't do it. This old boy is fixing it. He didn't, he didn't understand much about family values, did he? Don't throw your marriage away. Your husband needs you. Your wife needs you. Your children need you. I was preaching a meeting a couple weeks ago on a Sunday night. And a little old girl I've been preaching to since she was little. And, and I'm telling you, you, you youngins, y'all still youngins, that God let me preach to and be a part of your life when you're boys and girls. There's a special place in my heart for y'all. I mean, a big place. I love you, and I love them. And I looked at that, I looked at that little girl I preached to. She done got married, had a baby, got one on the way. I looked right over at her. She come from a broken home. 
I looked right over at her. She had her baby, little baby girl sitting in her lap. And I said, God forbid, 25 years from now, that little girl's got to stand up and testify that she had to go through a broken home. Some of y'all been there, ain't you? Raised up, seen your parents go through divorce, seen you, seen all the, 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 the split custody. Mama had you one weekend, daddy had you the next. Well, mom and daddy busted up. Some kids, they didn't get nothing. Then they had a mom and dad raise them off a guilty conscience. You cannot raise your children off of a guilty conscience. I had cousins growing up. Their mom and dad busted up my aunt and uncle. And brother, every birthday, they got it. They was getting gifts from everywhere. Me and Matthew getting two or three dollars here and there, and we'd look. And then, you know, Christmas had come. They'd, they'd get, they just get, I mean, piled up because mom and dad had a guilty conscience. They was trying to make up for it. I might not have got the best gifts. I might not have got the fanciest bicycles. But I had a mom and dad that stayed together. I had a mom and daddy that weathered the storm. They're not perfect, no. I ain't neither, and you ain't. Do you want your children? going through the hell that some of you went through as a child. And I'm going to tell you something. If you ain't careful, you go through that junk as a young and you'll carry that bitterness to the graveyard and you better get that junk out of your heart. Somebody traded the farm for a calf! Don't trade the farm for a calf when it comes to your marriage. I wrote this down. I said, this ain't in the text, but these are just four things God told me to write down. Don't trade the farm for the calf in your mind. I know mine struggles. Sometimes I struggle with mine. Every one of us do. But can I tell you what the majority of what was going on in this elder brother? It was going on in his head. He'd been overthinking things way too much. You ever do that? You ever lay down at night and go to sleep and you, and you doze off and all of a sudden you wake up and you're thinking about something that just you know is going to make you bitter, make you mad and get upset and you toss and turn? What a waste of stinking time. You know what we're doing? We're trading the farm for a calf in our mind. Some of it, I guess, is legitimate. Some of it, we, I guess, we didn't get done right or whatever. But I want to say this to myself. And I want to say this to you. You're not a victim. I'm not a victim. You hearing me? We are the children of Almighty Sovereign God. I am some, you ain't got to worry about the Godhead getting a divorce. You ain't got to worry about him leaving us or forsaking us. Amen. I have never had bitter thoughts about God. Have you? My bitter thoughts have always been about my calamities, my suffering, my pain, my hurt. 
Well, you just don't know what it's like to be me. Look up in here. I know I don't know what it's like to be you. You don't know what it's like to be me. Am I helping anybody today? And I want to say this is humble. Whatever. If it is got you hung up, whatever. Can I say this with as much humility as I can muster up? In a tone in my voice, I hope you can see some sincerity in love. Get over it. I've had to tell myself a thousand Blue John times, John, you just need to get over it. You get victory for a day, get victory for a week, get victory for a month, but I promise you it's going to come back around. And when it does, just say, hey, devil, I ain't listening to you today. I'm not going to trade the farm for a calf in my mind anymore. Brother Nick, this is for me and you. I get me and you the only two preachers. Any other preachers in the building? You'll never guess what the third one is. Don't trade the farm for a calf in the ministry. You don't know what God's doing. You stay put and stay in your place till God tells you to leave. And if you're blessed, God will let you pastor this church the rest of your life. If you're blessed. Amen. Don't throw it in. Don't give up. Then lastly, and I'm done. And I don't know if I should have wrote this one down or not, but I did because it's in the text. And I don't want to get sidetracked. Maybe if you have me back, I'll preach on it some other time. Don't trade the farm for the calf when it comes to your money. Keep on tithing. Keep on giving to missions. Don't get lazy. Don't get slothful. We're standing all over the building. Well, Andrew, I don't think we're going to have any music tonight. If you need to grab Sister Maddie by the hand and come and pray, you do that. And then when you get done praying... Uh, maybe you can place a verse of invitation but whether you come or not tonight I just feel like we all ought to get on these altars and ask God to help us never to trade the farm for the cash Sister Morgan if you'd come pray